0: cov family welcome to you and to anyone who might just be checking us out we are glad that you are here and engaging with our playlist i'm ruth zilka a cov member and i am honored to open god's word with you this morning today as we continue in our back to basics series we will be looking at community and hospitality Now, when I found out that I was getting to speak on these topics, I was so excited because I love both of these things. If we don't know each other or know each other very well, something you should know about me is that in non-pandemic times, I love to throw a party. For as long as I can remember, I have been a gatherer of people and I love to celebrate And I will celebrate just about anything because celebrations usually mean good food and good people. And I love those two things, especially when they are combined. Now, if throwing parties and gathering people aren't really your jam, please do not check out. Because I trust that God has so much to teach us around these topics as we study together. And as we will see in scripture, we are all called To community and hospitality all that being said my prayer for our sermon this morning is that we are encouraged through God's word that we walk away with some practical application and most of all that we make much of Jesus through our time together our scripture for today is Romans 12 9 through 21 and before we dive into that would you just pause with me for a second and let's pray God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Thank you for the gift of scripture. Thank you that we have the, uh, the chance to, to gather wherever we are, but to be studying the same thing. God, I pray that you would equip me, that you would speak through me. I pray, Father, that my words would be clear, that they would bring you honor and glory. And Lord God, we just thank you so much for um, what you have to teach us today. In your name I pray, amen. So before we read through our verses for today, I'd like to set the stage a little for us so we have some understanding about the book of Romans since we're jumping in towards the end of the book at the end of a chapter. I also want us to look at what community and hospitality mean so we have a clear understanding of our topics and why they are an important part of Christian living. Because community is what Christians do. It's how we should live, and we'll see that it is vitally important. But first, let's talk about the book of Romans and give ourselves some context for this book. Romans was written by Paul to the Christians in Rome in about AD 57. And chapter 12 marks a shift in this letter. For the first 11 chapters, Paul has been encouraging his readers with doctrinal truth as he has built the framework for them to understand things such as sin, salvation, sanctification, and sovereignty. In chapter 12, he begins to give practical instruction to help believers live out their faith and the doctrinal truth that he had previously written about. Doctrinal truth and practical application are vitally linked. We can't just know truth and not apply it. And in order to apply truth, we must know the truth. We need to understand doctrinal truth and apply it to our daily lives. Now, we often see this pattern of doctrinal truth shifting into application in Paul's letters. The book of Ephesians is another great example of this pattern. Paul uses the first three chapters to teach doctrinal truth, and then he goes into more practical applications to finish out the rest of the book in 4 through 6. But just because Paul transitions into more practical application does not mean he will not keep bringing gospel truth, and we will see this in the verses that we're going to read today. Open your Bibles with me if you are not already there to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And verse 9 says this love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Right away, Paul brings truth love must be sincere. Not fake, not hypocritical, sincere, genuine, real love empowered by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are to hate what is evil and to cling to what is good, to cling to the truth, to run away from evil and cling to what is good. Let's pause at this verse for a minute and talk about our topics for today, community and hospitality. Community is a group of people who share common characteristics, interests, beliefs, or even a geographical location. Hospitality can be defined as showing generosity or a welcoming attitude toward guests. Paul is calling us to love one another sincerely. This love can't just be saved for our family members or our friends. It must be at the root of all community We are naturally part of our local communities. Think with me for a second about the various groups of people that you belong to. You live in a city in a certain neighborhood. You or perhaps your kids attend a certain school. You could belong to a team at work or your friends are our community. And of course, we have our church community. As a church body, we need to be an example of loving community. This is Christian living because the way we treat one another should be a reflection of Christ's character and love for us. Each member of a community is vital to the whole and we need to value the gifts each person brings. And I think we do this really well at COV. Our leadership at COV, our church leadership values equipping, The fact that I am here right now teaching is a great example of this. Tim could teach every single week if he wanted to, but he chooses not to because at COV we value equipping and want our people to have opportunities to use their gifts. We have an awesome church staff and they are more than capable to run ministry, but they purposely put others in leadership roles because as a church we value community and know that we are better together. If we back up just a few verses, we'll see Paul talk about this very concept as he compares the church to the human body. So let's read Romans 12, 3 through 8. It says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encourage, give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Every participant of our community at COV is important. We all need each other. And each member has a vital role to play, just like each part of our human body has a vital role to play. So let's keep going and go back to verse 10 in Romans 12. It says this, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The love Paul is talking about here is agape. Selfless expression of grace and compassion exemplified by the love of God for us sinners. Hebrews 13:1 tells us to keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. We are called to humbly love and serve one another. Love is like the secret sauce to our spiritual gifts. It's like the chocolate sauce on an ice cream sundae, the orange sauce on a lavic burrito, the milk to your cookie. Love makes our gifts that much more effective for the building up of the body of Christ. But it is not human mustered up love. It is love that reflects the character of Christ as we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to selflessly love others if we try to muster up this type of love it will be insincere fake and unsustainable we need the holy spirit to grow us change us and produce fruit in us because without love our gifts are ineffective love makes our actions and our gifts useful because we are pointing others to jesus 1 Corinthians 13 uh, talks about this very thing. This chapter is often known as the love chapter, and you may have heard it read a time or two at a wedding, but these words need to be woven into the fabric of our community. Love is foundational for us to do community in a way that brings God glory and points others to the truth of the gospel. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. It'll be on the screen if you'd like to read it there. And it says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is Holy Spirit empowered love. Jesus' perfect love for us is depicted in these verses. And in our love, we should demonstrate what we have experienced, the unconditional, never-ending, all-powerful love of God. We need to be thankful for his love, accept God's love, and desire for his love to exude out of us as we use our gifts, share the gospel, show hospitality, and build community. But let's get back to Romans for just a second here and we're going to go back to Romans 12:10 at the end 12:10b and it tells us to honor one another above ourselves this can be a challenge for us as sinful human beings we are wired to think of ourselves first we want to be comfortable we want to get our way we want our needs met let's face it we are naturally selfish but as believers, we are called to selflessly love one another, to selflessly put others first, making sure that we keep the unity part of community intact. Philippians 2, 2-8 challenges us with this idea as well. Paul tells the church in Philippi to make his joy complete, By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others On a cross in order to love well we must realize our equality at the cross we need to grasp the depth of Jesus sacrifice on our behalf as he gave up gave up his rightful place coming to earth as a baby and dying on a cross in our place if we cannot recognize that we ourselves deserve condemnation How can we grasp the depth of being saved by grace? And if we get to experience this grace, others do too. And we need to love them with grace, honoring them above ourselves. Okay, so I know this has been a lot and we're like only two verses in. But stick with me because the rest of Romans 12 has so much more for us as well. Okay, we're going to get back to verse 11 now. And verse 11 says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Zeal and fervor, those aren't really words that we hear much, huh? And here's a little bit of a different way of saying this verse. Never be lacking in eager desire or enthusiastic diligence, but keep your spiritual earnestness serving the Lord. We need to keep growing, keep serving, keep fighting for unity as we extend hospitality to those who are already within our community and to those who aren't here yet. I don't know about you guys, but does anybody else feel like 2020 has stripped away so many of the ways that we normally serve the Lord and serve the church body? I mean, it has. That is very true. I mean, think of all of the things that would normally happen on a Sunday morning at COV. All of the different ways that we could be serving the, the church body. Through children's ministry, handing out bulletins, making coffee, running sound. So many different things. But we cannot use this pandemic as our excuse not to serve. Service is the entire idea behind community and hospitality. And while our service has to look different right now, it should still be happening. We should still be willing to serve other people because there are ways to serve people around us every single day. We are built for community and it has been stripped away from us in so many ways this year, but that doesn't mean that it can't still happen. We've seen that. I mean, I know we're like all so sick of Zoom, right? But, but praise the Lord for technology that has allowed church and small groups and discipleship and community groups to still happen, even though we're not face-to-face. And there are other things that we can do as well to help build community. Send a text message to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Or go old school and send somebody some snail mail. Everybody loves getting mail. As a church, we have done a great job of continuing community groups on Zoom throughout the last, what are we, seven months? And I'd encourage you, if you haven't gotten plugged into one, join a group next time they get started up. So Paul is going to go in in verse 12 and he's going to encourage the Roman Christians in their trials. I want us to really think through how much encouragement we can get from this verse today as well. It says be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Paul was no stranger to persecution He was speaking from a place of deep love for these brothers and sisters in Christ, many of whom he had never met. And he was encouraging them to be joyful, patient, and faithful. And what an incredible reminder for us today. I I don't know about you, but I know I need joy. I need patience. And I need to be faithful in prayer because 2020 has been a doozy of a year. But even within suffering... We are called to be patient in affliction, to find joy in Christ, and to be faithful in prayer. Paul doesn't just skip past acknowledging that there is struggle for the Roman Christians. He is encouraging them to respond in joy and patience and prayer. Community is built through vulnerability. It would have been easy for Paul to just skip past the encouragement part. But being willing to be honest, real, real, and vulnerable in community is so important. We need to care for others in community through hospitality. And we'll see Paul talk about this next in verse 13. Verse 13 says this, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. The call is simple and clear. We are to practice hospitality. We are to give generously. Hospitality is an extension of generosity. Now this verse doesn't just say if you like having people over then practice hospitality. No, it simply says to practice it. This means all of us. Whether or not we feel like we have the gift or the ability of hospitality. Open up your life, your ministry, your friend circle. Reach out to others. Make others feel valued, heard, and loved. And there are creative ways that we can do this even right now. As I think about the idea of hospitality, I have a a few practical applications for us and also a challenge as well. Now, I already mentioned that in non-COVID times, I love to throw a party. I love gathering people in my home. I love cooking. And I find so much joy in even just having somebody randomly stop by to say hi. For me personally, this has been one of the hardest parts of the pandemic. I miss the times when we could gather without rules and distance. I miss hugging people and inviting people over without having to think about safety practices and COVID considerations. Now here's where I was challenged. A global pandemic cannot cancel hospitality. It cannot be our excuse to just call it in and throw hospitality out the window for a year. Hospitality can look like so many different things. It can happen at a park over takeout, in a messy house, or right now a messy backyard. Hospitality does not require perfection. A perfectly clean house, a perfectly cooked meal, at a perfectly decorated table, it doesn't require any of that. Now, if these are things that you love, I say you go for it, enjoy it, and live it up because you are my people. But if this is not your thing, order pizza, gather friends with paper plates, and red Solo cups. Because hospitality can even happen over Zoom. Here's a couple more practical suggestions. Ask questions of others. Don't always talk about yourself. Have a plan, but be okay with that plan changing. Be flexible. Remember, perfection is not needed. Hospitality is about the guest. It is about welcoming somebody in, making them feel comfortable, valued, and heard. Entertaining is about the host. Hospitality is about the guest. Now, as somebody who loves entertaining and all those elements, I think hospitality and entertaining can coexist. But we're not called to entertainment. We are called to hospitality. Because hospitality is giving of ourselves, putting ourselves out as we generously care and serve for others. We are called to do life together and we are called to serve. I think a really great example of this are the people in our city, state, country, world who are caring for people who are sick. Think about all those people in the hospitals. They have created hospitable environments while they are putting their lives on the line, caring for people and serving them with such a selfless love. What an incredible example. Because hospitality is giving of ourselves and putting ourselves out there as we generously care We are called to do life and build community because hospitality builds community. Think about what drew you to COV for a second. Was it because you felt welcomed, valued, spiritually fed? Was it the people? Perhaps all of the above? That's hospitality. What drew you to COV is the hospitality that exists here within our church body. And we need all of us, all of our gifts, and all of us living out hospitality in order to build up our community. We are all vitally important. Okay, let's finish out Romans 12 and jump back in at verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn live in harmony with one another do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position do not be conceited i love these verses we are to bless and not curse rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those who mourn live in harmony not be proud associate with everyone and not be conceited That is community. That is what healthy community looks like. And it is a true gift to be a part of a group of people like the ones described in verses 14 through 16. Rejoicing with those who rejoice, mourning with those who mourn, and living in harmony with one another strengthens community. Okay, let's keep reading in verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Verse 20 comes from Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. And that whole burning coals thing is kind of interesting, isn't it? But this verse may represent an Egyptian ritual, which in which hot coals were carried in a basin on the head, and they were thought to cause the guilty to repent. But let me just, let's bring us back in. The point. Okay, the point here is to overcome evil with good, to love those who have wronged us so that they may question why we are being so gracious. The best way to get rid of an enemy is to make them a friend. But we may look at these verses and say, well, I don't really have any enemies per se, so I'm just going to skim past this part. But I would like to challenge us to stop and think about how this applies to our lives. Now, even though we may not categorize people in our lives as enemies, we still have people who are hard to love or hard to be around or hard to not want to talk trash about. I'm just keeping it real. As believers, we are called to live in peace with everyone. Not just the people who are easy or that we like, but everyone That means even those extra, extra hard people or those people who have hurt us or treated us unfairly. It's the idea of killing them with kindness. We are called to overcome evil with good, to be a light, to show people who have wronged us the love of Jesus so that they will want to know him and to know more about him. What if our love our hospitality, our community made people wonder what made us different. What if it made people want to know more, want to learn more about where our hope comes from and why we can love and forgive those who have hurt us? What if? What if our community and hospitality were the thing that made people interested in coming to church on a Sunday? We need to love and forgive others because we have been loved and forgiven first by Jesus Christ. Community and hospitality give us a chance to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. They provide us with an opportunity to use our spirit-empowered love to point lost people to the truth. We should love others enough to care about their eternity And what if our hospitality could impact the trajectory of someone's eternity? God can use us. He does use us. But we need to be willing to love not within our own power, but in his power so that others see Jesus in us. Because Jesus is the only one who saves. Community and hospitality are not about us. They are about Jesus and showing others his love. And let's not allow 2020 to be our excuse. We can still build community and show hospitality in careful and creative ways. And if you are feeling on the outside of community, I would encourage you to speak up. Or better yet, be the one who gathers others. Take the first step. Reach out to somebody else. And stop getting caught up in this cycle of lies that nobody wants you there, or nobody's going to notice, or nobody really cares instead think of others better than you yourself and be an initiator because the odds are you are not the only one who might feel that way and also if you know a gatherer don't always depend on them to gather people gatherers love an invitation too Now they may end up being the one that initiates things more often than not but they love an invitation as well. Don't always depend on them. Now I have been blessed to be a part of some really great communities throughout my life and I am really grateful for the people that God has brought into my life who encourage me, challenge me, point me to the truth, pray for me and just simply do life with me. There's one group that had a particularly big impact in my life. Uh, Many years ago, my husband Kyle and I joined a community group with five other couples and we would meet every Wednesday evening and we would have dinner together and we would discuss the sermon from the Sunday before. We would rotate houses every week. So we all had a chance to, to host and also to lead the group. And we all contributed to the meal every week and we all brought our kids. So it was messy. It was loud, it was real, and I loved it. This group forced me to listen to the sermon in a way that I had never done before. I started to focus more. I started to think about questions we could ask our group as I wrote notes during the sermon. And I looked for real-life application. It held me accountable to really listen, because I know I had to go talk about it on Wednesday. This group strengthened friendships in an incredibly deep way because everyone was willing to be open, honest, real, and vulnerable. It was a safe place. We did life together. We became each other's people. And we also encouraged each other to use our gifts to serve and to lead. Now, eventually, this group multiplied and we broke into two groups and invited new couples to join. Now, even though it was so hard to split up that original group, I saw God work work in incredible ways as we got to watch him grow new believers who we had invited into the group and provide them with opportunities to experience Christ-centered community. Many people in these groups are still some of my best friends today, and I cannot imagine doing life without them. Our groups weren't perfect, but they did push us to pursue the perfect one. The groups were a safe place to share trials and triumphs as we sought to grow in our faith and bring God glory through our lives. We prayed people through marriage struggles, job transitions, infertility, parenting challenges, and we praised God together when we saw him move. Community can come in many different forms. But the commonality of all Christ-centered community is believers serving one another through selfless love while living life together and encouraging one another to pursue Jesus. That is practical Christian living. I think we can wrap up the ideas of community and hospitality by going back to Romans 12, 9 through 10. And it says this, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. May we be devoted brothers and sisters who sincerely hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Now, if you're wondering how you can serve or show hospitality within our church, please get in touch with uh, Robin, our office manager. She can lead you in the right direction. She's a great resource. And I know things are strange right now and we cannot serve maybe like we want, but we cannot stop serving and helping others feel welcomed. Let's not let a very weird year get in the way of serving and loving each other well. May we be people who do community and hospitality well as we point others to Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of of community. God, thank you for the fact that you use community to challenge us, to change us, to help us to see how you are moving in people's lives. God, we thank you for the gift of community and what it means to have people who are pursuing the perfect one. God, we thank you for the gift of community at COV. Thank you for the staff who equip people to use their gifts. God, may we remember that we are all vitally important and that you call all of us to community and hospitality. We thank you for this time. In your name I pray. Amen.